This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book One, Exiles. Chapter 15, The Dinner Rush. What's going on? She whispered to her brother. He shrugged. She decided that he was more or less useless. The light dimmed overhead and the whole diner took on a more formal, reserved tone. Voices were hushed. The waiters moved with a new grace and sensibility. And even the jukebox had gotten into the act with a light piece of classical music, piano and strings. She watched as Saturday came towards them through the tables, the painted skull on his cheek glowing in the semi-dark. He moved with a formal, serious grace, and she was disappointed that he did not wink again when he passed by. Following behind him was a boy in ragged, cast-off clothes. He followed Saturday to the elegant table that had been prepared and waited for the man to pull out the chair for him. The boy sat down, nodding his thanks as the waiter handed him a menu bound in red leather. Saturday stepped back and was joined by two others. On his right was a short, stocky man with dark skin the color of old blood. He had a long, wide jaw and rolling cow-like eyes. There was a thick gold ring in his broad, flat nose, and a pair of long, tapered horns spanned outward from his wide skull. He worked his jaws rhythmically, compulsively chewing. On Saturday's left was a thin, middle-aged woman who looked perfectly normal in every way except for the collection of small leather bags she wore on a string around her neck. Each bag was about the size of a fist, and they pulsed rhythmically, like hearts, which, she realized with a sick lurch in her stomach, is exactly what they were. The three of them waited patiently while the boy scanned the menu. The bull-headed man's jaws worked and a small pink sphere appeared from between his lips and then disappeared with a dull plop. Saturday glared at him, and the bull-headed man rolled his eyes in apology, swallowed his gum, and stared at the floor. The boy murmured something, and Saturday sent the bull-headed man galloping off with a glance. He returned a few moments later carrying a small wooden box about the size of a loaf of bread placing it gently into Saturday's outstretched hand. G craned her neck for a better look, wondering if it was tea. Satisfied, the boy nodded his approval, and Saturday set the box down. He ran his thumbnail along the side, splitting the seal. He laid the box down and pried off the lid, the petulant squeal of old nails filling the restaurant. Saturday drew out a few fistfuls of straw from inside, before, finally, revealing a bottle so green and dark that it was almost black. He held the bottle out to the boy, who gave him the same bored nod as before. Saturday passed the bottle to the woman, who drew out the cork with an expert stab from the nails on her right thumb and forefinger. She offered the skewered cork to the boy, but he waved it away. She wondered why they tried to give him the cork. Her parents drank wine sometimes, and she knew that the cork smelled wonderfully sour, but she didn't realize it was edible. Saturday took the bottle gently and poured a small amount into one of the goblets on the table. 
He stepped back, and the boy lifted the glass to his nose, first to sniff, and then to sip the wine within. Setting the glass back down on the table, he nodded one last time. The waiter filled the glass and, followed by his two assistants, moved off. She watched, fascinated by the formality of it all, and, although she would have never admitted this, a little envious of all the attention the boy was getting. He wasn't much to look at, truth be told. He was young, of an age just between her brother and herself, maybe ten years old or slightly younger even. His young face was rough, pockmarked with scars like the distant and cratered surface of the moon. He had dark hair that stood up from his head in tall, tangled spikes like winter trees stripped bare against the sky. His eyes, like his hair, were dark and dramatic and somehow spiky. He was looking at her, she realized. She quickly looked away, but he caught her and flashed a crazed boyish grin. There were dark gaps in his smile where his teeth had gone missing, and he looked very young compared to the elegant table that was set for him. Embarrassed, she dropped her eyes to the half-eaten waffles and strawberries, slowly sinking into a sea of melted whipped cream on the plate in front of her. She had felt very old and grown up ordering for herself, but not any more. It only got worse when the boy's meal arrived a few minutes later, carried on silver dome-covered platters. She watched as he dug into his plate of rare, dripping meat. He ate like an animal, mouth opening and closing loudly, tearing at things with his teeth, smacking his lips and licking his fingers over every morsel. From time to time, he would look up from his food and stare boldly in her direction, grinning that gap-toothed smile. Knock it off, her brother said suddenly. He had finished eating and was holding a crumpled napkin in his fist. What? Come on, he said, inclining his head in the direction of the boy's table. She had no idea what he was talking about and told him so. Before he could reply, their antlered waitress reappeared. Can I get you guys anything else? Sarah asked. The boy shook his head. His sister did likewise. Gathering up their plates, the waitress caught G's eye and said, Sweetheart, you're way too young for boys like Edgar. You'd best steer clear of him altogether. Told you, her brother muttered. Is that his name, Edgar? Worry flashed across the waitress's face. What's your name, honey? The girl opened her mouth to answer and stopped. Across the table, her brother raised his eyebrows. She swallowed. You can call me G. Smart girl, Sarah nodded. Edgar's been around the block and might run a little rough for girls like you, if you get my meaning. G didn't, but she nodded her head all the same. Good girl, Sarah said again as she laid down a slip of paper on the tabletop. I can pick that up whenever you're ready. She moved off to another table. Neither the boy nor the girl moved. They both sat perfectly still, staring at the check. Now what? She asked him. I have, Assam told her, no idea. How much is it for? I do not know, and I do not want to know. She thought for a moment, and then she waved to their waitress. 
What are you doing? Her brother whispered. Buying us some time. Sarah came over. What's up? She put her on her best face, the one she used for when she was in trouble at school. It was a good face, so good that it even worked on their mother, sometimes. May I have another mom, please? Across the table from her, Assam's eyes widened. The waitress nodded. She looked a little distracted, and she looked a little worried. Then she put on a face of her own, one so bright and cheerful that it was immediately, obviously false. Sure thing, sweetheart. Thank you, she replied. Sarah's smile faltered for a moment, and she glanced down at a folded piece of paper in her hand. She set it down on the table in front of the girl. What's that? Sarah snatched a paper back as G reached for it. The girl looked up at her, confused. Sarah knelt down and rested her elbows on the table. You know, I don't think you want another mall, do you? G shook her head. I didn't think so. Sarah turned the folded piece of paper over in her fingertips. I think you really want to get up, pay your bill, and get out of here as soon as possible, don't you? G glanced uncertainly to her brother. She nodded again. Then you probably don't want to read this. She put the folded paper back down on the table. You probably don't want to read this at all. She moved off. G waited a moment, then picked up the paper from the table and unfolded it. What are you doing? Her brother asked. Shh. G read the paper, then read it again. What's it say? She refolded the paper and set it down on the table as before. I have no idea. He leaned forward and took the paper, unfolded, and read it. He glanced quickly to one of the other tables and then back to her again. What? she asked. What's it say? She's right, he said, refolding the paper. We should go now. What's it say? She held out her hand for the note, but he drew it back out of her reach. Come on, let's see if they'll let us wash dishes or something. He started to get up, but then stopped when he saw the look on her face. It doesn't say anything, he told her. It's blank, honestly. She just looked at him. He sighed and unfolded the note, reading aloud. Dear Julia, thank you for coming to visit. You're very cute. I hope you come back soon. Love, Susan. She didn't blink. Well, A, she doesn't know my real name. B, her name is Sarah, not Susan. And C, you're a lousy liar. He closed his eyes. Listen, I am, she interrupted, not going anywhere until you tell me what it says. With a sigh, he unfolded the paper and read again. I would be very honored and delighted if you would join me. He refolded the note and slid it back across the table. She picked it up. Huh, who's it from? She asked and then stopped as the realization dawned. Someone was waving to her from one of the other tables. She looked over. It was the pockmarked boy, Edgar, and he was smiling.
You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. To receive permission, please contact the author directly by holding up a mirror beneath the full moon one night past its wane and whispering your request into the left ear of your own reflection or in the usual manner at www.tmcamp.com. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2007. TM Camp. All rights reserved.